Hello there, welcome to the world of Stop, Hack, and Roll. My name is Brandon. People call me the Pokemon Professor. And I'm James. This world is inhabited by creatures called Pokemon. For some people, Pokemon are pets. Others use them for fighting. Myself, I study Pokemon for tabletop gaming. You haven't started watching Westworld, have you? I have not, no. You need to do that. It's on my list of things. Have you watched iZombie? I've watched most of it. I'm most of kind it. of in love with that show. It is very good. It's I, so good. I have a problem where I'm like madly in love with Rose McIver, <laughs> who is Olivia. Okay. Um, she is in iZombie. She was in something else she was in oh she's um she's tinkerbell in once upon a time okay and which is like a weirdly totally different character and she was a power ranger <laughs> back in the day okay so i don't know i'm just i love her as an actress and as a human being and that show is fantastic she it is fantastic and she is fantastic absolutely um the other thing okay. I will say while we're talking media yeah. is I went and saw, a, uh, I keep wanting to call it The Arrival, but it's just Arrival. Okay. It's a movie. It is so good. <laughs> like, I can't overstate how good it is. It's Amy Adams and Jeremy Renner as, uh, well, Jeremy Renner's character is a scientist and Amy Adams' character is a, a linguist. Uh, they've been tasked to be on the first contact team for this organi- for this group that is going to go aboard this alien spaceship. They're one of 12 alien spaceships that have landed on Earth okay. uh, to try to help communicate and translate and stuff. And it is just so good. <laughs> it is maybe the best sci-fi film I've seen in like 10 years. It's maybe the best movie period I've seen praise. in five years. It is incredibly good. Like I Jeez. am, I highly recommend everyone watch Westworld. But first, <laughs> don't watch Westworld. Go watch Arrival. That movie is fantastic. And Jer- and Jeremy Renner and Amy Adams are fantastic. And even Forrest Whitaker has a um, kind of a really stereotypical military role, and even he's fantastic in it. So <laughs> it's just really. That's my two cents. So, uh, I have not been watching Westworld because my time yeah. has been controlled by something very different. Oh, no. Which is Pokemon Sun. Oh, boy. Yeah. Have you caught that new Segway Pokemon? Uh, so, I picked up Moon. I've been playing a little bit less than you, probably. I'm actually not sure. I haven't been playing an enormous amount. I've only completed three of the trials so far. Okay, so I'm only I'm only one trial ahead of you. Okay. And we we battled once, yes. And Very I poorly. won. Yeah, yeah. I'm just terrible. To, to point well, that the first out, time, the first time I only brought four Pokemon because I'm a dummy. <laughs> and so I beat you then, and then you brought six Pokemon, and I still lost. And you still lost. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, our friend Dave is about to fight the Elite Four. <laughs> My little brother Stefan has seen the credit roll more than once. So. Oh my God! I wish I had that kind of time. Yeah. Seriously. But yeah, so I've just been trucking along. Um, luckily, I had I had 
uh, I went to my family, my family in uh, Pennsylvania for Thanksgiving. Oh, nice! And so I had four to five hours of downtime in the car both ways because I didn't have to drive. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a good ten hours of Pokemon I got to play. Nice. Um. So. So yeah, we we, we grew up on these games, and now it's come back again, and so it's in the public consciousness so of course we're going to sell out and talk about that at yeah. the uh tabletop yeah we're not just talking about this because it's a thing we're doing <laughs> we're talking about it because uh actually i've been talking um i don't know if this is a thing that you are super aware of but like if you hang out on the fate subreddit the question of i how do, do you- not I-, I figured you didn't uh the question of how to play poke- a pokemon game in fate shows up like once every month or so it's like it's a really common topic that's so funny so it's kind of a thing that i've been like passively trying to solve for years well the and everyone disagrees the pbta subreddit and the pbta google plus community don't seem to have that question come up so because it's not flexible enough to play something as crazy and wild as as pokemon i actually think that in general (laughs) pbta would be really bad for pokemon uh, and so I think it's rule setting might be okay, but it's philosophies and things don't really work. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit more when we get to that section. Yeah, I, I can think of like one way that it might work. And we can talk about that because it sort of, it dovetails nicely with one of the things I want to talk about fate. Excellent. Um, so, so, so why guess, play Pokemon? <laughs> yeah, why play Pokemon? Um, I was actually, I've been... I've been listening to, this is going to feel like a really weird tangent for a while, uh, but hang with oh, me. Oh, good. I've been listening to a lot of Ken and Robin talk about stuff. It's a podcast by Ken Height and Robin D. Laws of um, Gumshoe and... And ridiculous amounts of role-playing game fame. Yeah. And they do a podcast together where they just talk about stuff. And it is phenomenal. On episode 201 of Ken and Robin Talk About Stuff... Uh, it was back in July when Pokemon Go had just come out, and so they were talking about Pokemon Go and the sort of phenomenon that that was and is, and was. and so they they covered briefly like what kind of games or how could you bring Pokemon into your pen and paper game, and and like what what kind of thing would you do, and so I think a good place to start our investigation of tabletop pokemoning is maybe talking about like what kind of a pokemon game you would be looking to play like why why would you even endeavor to 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 bring this world of pokemon i mean it sounds like a dumb question uh, <laughs> because like you and i are of a generation where this is what we did when we were kids we watched i don't know if, how much you watched the card you see that's you've said that's oh, the only anime or something that you ever watched so, and so much of um it. And and it, I watched it, and I played the games and stuff like that. So, like, obviously for us, it's a part of our childhood. And but, uh, Jason Cordova over at the Gauntlet actually referred to our age group as the uh, monster hunting generation. Yeah, which I think, I think is fair. is real legit, real fair. Yeah, works better so, than millennials. So, if you were gonna to ignoring mechanics, ignoring anything like that, what story? would you be looking to tell like how how would you approach the pokemon world me personally yeah you personally i think there's two big ways that you can approach it you can either approach it as 
plain, happy, silly little stories as Pokemon, kind of like the uh, like the little Pikachu adventures at the beginning of the movies. Because yeah, I saw those too. Uh, or as a trainer trying to do trainer things. And that might be Pokemon training, that might be doing the beauty contests. I think that actually allows quite a bit of ground to be covered. Uh, one of the things that Ken Robin brought up that I really liked was that you could even take it step back a little bit and not like so all the th those two things that you mentioned were to sort of allow for the buy-in to the Pokemon universe and okay. play in that universe. Uh, one of the things they talked about that I really like and that I kind of want to explore more is sort of taking a um, last Starfighter approach to it, where play in our world and the Pokemon games are real and they are a way that Game Freak or somebody is using to weed through and find the greatest trainers to then pull into a like broader universe of monsters or aliens or whatever. Um, which is a little bit of what the Digimon plotline kind of is, but like, have you seen the last Starfighter? I have not actually, I had to okay. Google it. I, for um, a moment I was like, James is talking about an anime and I don't know what it no, is. No, no, no. You should watch it sometime. It's great. It's about this kid in his small town and his one passion of this arcade game. And then he finally like hits the top score and the government and, arrives and well and the an alien shows up and they're like <laughs> we are a representative of basically the space rebellion and we need you you have proven by playing this arcade game that you are the last qualified starfighter pilot That's and they amazing. take him away to put him in a spaceship and then pilot and like fight the kodan armada and and so you could do that if you wanted to play like a um i mean obviously ken um ken and robin are coming from a a Knights Black Agents type kind of uh, setting. And so you could say there are Pokemon in our real world, but like they're off in a King Kong style, like a forest Island somewhere and no one knows, or they're, they're always among us. Uh, one of the things they were talking about with the, the Pokemon go thing was the idea that there are Pokemon all around us, but we don't know because we can't see. See, I'd much rather play in a game that was classically populated by Pokemon. Yeah. I but I think there is something to be said for taking it in the direction of a noir storyline yeah. with a detective that has his trusty Growlithe at his side. Because that would be amazing. That would be so cool. Yeah. And or the... you're the person who stumbles into this world where there are Pokemon hidden all around us, but they can't see because you don't have the right glasses or you need to have the right app to see them around us. And then once you like open your mind to it, they're there. And then you have to like engage on this government conspiracy storyline or whatever. To... See... For me, I'd way rather have it be a thing that, like, yeah, the next-door neighbor's got a Pikachu, and he wants to go solve yeah. all sorts of problems, but I'm here because this person's been kidnapped, and I'm going to figure out who did it. Yeah, and if generally I do. All the people want and aren't getting, and I don't really want to play on a DS, but I'd love to play at a table. Yeah. Um, generally, I, I, like, I think I like the idea of actually playing in the Pokemon universe better than anything else. But that was a, a way of phrasing and, and sort of framing a Pokemon game uh, that I had not thought of, which I thought was pretty interesting. Yeah, I can I can see that. Yeah, my, my call also would be, I want to be surrounded by Pokemon. Do you envision yourself sitting down at a table to play a Pokemon or a trainer more, do you think? 
I'd personally rather play a trainer. Yeah. Uh, I think there's little cute stories that can be told playing as Pokemon. And, like, you know, there's a whole... There's that whole side game of the Pokemon Ranger thing. Mm-hmm. But I never played those. And so I don't have that nostalgia. Um, but there are actually a bunch of games that you can use for those kinds of cute little adventures. The one that comes to mind for me is actually one I've never played, so I probably shouldn't be suggesting it so openly, but mm-hmm. uh, Chubbos, Chubos, Chubos. Let me say that again. Chubos Marvelous Wish Granting Engine by Jenna Moran, mm-hmm. which is a game of little anime stories. And so it's not based on committing violence or doing big things. It's all about the friendship of little characters and the magic that they get together. And I think that could work really well for doing a Pokemon-based game. Mm. I wonder if... (laughs) Keeping on the the broad subject of games we haven't played, I wonder if you couldn't take a game like Heroin, which is designed to play one character who's going on a mystical journey into sort of a um, beyond-the-looking-glass type world and is joined by fantastic creatures and and, um, allies and adversaries and stuff like that and play, like, have one character instead of playing a little girl, they're playing the Pikachu or the whatever, the starter Pokemon they want to play. And then all the other allies they run into are all different other Pokemon. That's really interesting. You could actually even take that and have the main character be the Pokemon trainer. Yeah. And surround them with their allies that are the Pokemon. And that's uh that is by the way Heroin by Ginger Goat Games. It's available on DriveThruRPG. Yeah. It's it's in my folder of games to read that I've purchased but I've never gotten a chance to look at. It's it seems really cool. I I'll admit I have not read it either. Yeah. So I wouldn't even begin to be able to tell you how you would have to change those rules or tweak them a little bit to make them work for Pokemon based off of my one experience listening to the one shop one shot episodes where they played it. It sounds like you could maybe even just skin the game and it would be fine. I think you probably could based on that same listening experience. Uh, there are this little tiny podcast that we listen to. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You probably heard of one shot. <laughs> um, if not, so we'll we link get... it in the show notes. Yeah. 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 Well, we will. Um, so why don't we just uh we're like what 20 minutes 10 minutes in why don't you why don't we cut through it and uh get into the the nitty-gritty of how how would you how would you build a pokemon game well before i say how i would build it i just want to kind of tip my hat to a game that already exists for playing pokemon uh there is pokemon tabletop united which our friend rob uh suggested which our friend Rob suggested to us and has been playing with a couple of friends. Uh, it seems like a pretty crunchy game. It's kind of based around that idea of putting together a bunch of skills and a bunch of things, and it's it's more crunch than I want. But for some people looking for a tactical experience, it might be exactly what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. It does a very good job of being the game's and what I'm looking for is not to be the games, but to create something separate from that. Uh, and that also will link in the show notes. Are you dying? When you come to the black gates, roll 2d6.
I had some coughing and stuff to do. Okay. <laughs> Take care of that first. Are you all right? Do you need to grab some water? I'm good. I have water. Okay. Um, yeah, I have, I've never... I don't actually think I've heard of this Pokemon tabletop. Um, I will have to dig into this more. I, I One of the like the two ways that I'm interested in playing Pokemon is definitely take it like to its absurd extreme of uh, so much crunch. Because, <laughs> I... I mean, that's not the kind of Pokemon game player that I am, but there's so much in that world of breeding Pokemon that have the highest IVs and EVs and power levels and stuff. And like, it's weirdly a game that you can power game. I'm relatively certain that this game actually has that kind of stuff. Yeah. I'll admit yeah. that I started paging through it and was just like, this is not my game. But, <laughs> but it's yeah. good for some people. And yeah. I know we do have we do have some listeners that like really, really crunchy games that I've actually had a chance to talk to. And uh, this might be that game for you. Now, I mentioned earlier that I was going to bring up PBTA because it is my mm-hmm. way of doing everything. Yeah. I think it doesn't, that Pokemon doesn't fit in well with the theories behind PBTA. But as a resolution system, I just kind of like it anyway. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to frame some of this within PBTA language that isn't necessarily intended to be creating something that is powered by the apocalypse, that is based on a general flow of the conversation of combat, or that is based on the GM agendas and things like that, that you would expect from a regular Powered by the Apocalypse game. Have I ever introduced you to the central casting series of books? Very briefly, yeah. All right. So what central casting is, is it is a huge book that creates an RPG character and backstory for you. Uh, It came out in, I want to say, the early 90s and has been out of print forever, but it essentially has you roll everything, and then that just puts together your character and creates the background for that character. There is a very big part of my heart that still loves that kind of table-based game. Mm Mm-hmm. And so that was something that came to my mind when I was trying to think of how you create a Pokemon game. Part of the reason for that is I'm not interested in sitting down and playing a game and asking, do I catch the Rattata? Yeah. I don't want to play the first 151 Pokemon. I don't want to play the next 256 Pokemon. I want to sit down at a table and play with whatever, maybe new Pokemon, maybe in a new generation. Okay. So what I focused on was looking at creating tables that contain moves. Okay. So you're talking about using tables to create Pokemon. Oh, yeah, exactly. Okay. Uh, And so you could theoretically extrapolate out from that in order to create the different things. But here's what my system looks like. You roll first on a table that determines the Pokemon typing. This is Mm -hmm. your standard... 15 types uh and you can also have some crossover of dual type and things like that then from there that will lead you to a second table that tells you that gives you a table to roll on for size of creature rolling on that table gives you a move based on your creature's size 
So for example, if you roll first a bug type, then you're only going to be able to roll small creatures and you'll get a move that's on the lines of quick attack or tackle or something like that. Something that the smaller ones tend to get. Oh, there are 18 types of, of monsters. <laughs> that is so many types. Bug, bug, grass, dark, ground, dragon, ice, electric, normal, fairy, poison, fight, psychic, fire, rock, flying, steel, ghost, and water. Nougat, love, music, yeah. sunshine. Heart, wind. Fire. Water. Uh-oh. <laughs> We're back. Uh, but then Fire. if you rolled something that had a larger size, you might have something in the lines of pound or something like that, takedown. And each of those moves would be a PBTA-style move. Mm-hmm. So it gives you, you know, your standard 2d6, you do a 7 to 9, you do a 10+, plus, and it gives you some ideas narratively and in a combat sense what's going on. Okay. From there, you roll on another table that gives you the creature type. So, for example, dog, cat, koala, and just have an exhaustive list of a ton of different kinds of animals. Mm-hmm. So now you have how big the animal is, what type it is, and what it looks like. And then you roll two more tables that give you an additional two moves within your elemental type. Okay. So now you have a tiny firebug that has a quick attack, and it has a string shot because it's a bug, and then it has fire blast because it's a fire type, and it has bug bite because it's a bug. Okay, so you're kind of imagining a as a char- as a player, you're sitting down, and and once you've done all this, when you go to actually play the game, you have a bunch of like mini character sheets that have all of, for all your Pokemon that say like some things about them, and then a f- a three or four moves that they can do that you can kind of inspire them to go do. Exactly, and so I'm not even thinking that there's any basic moves that Pokemon do. They have four moves, and those are the moves that they have. Uh, are the the is the place of basic of like your traditional power by the apocalypse basic moves maybe what you as a trainer can do exactly you might have some little things like that but basically you that, roll there's on... your there's your throw potion uh antidote there's your throw potion like there's your encourage your pokemon there's your mm-hmm. maybe have some sort of a uh, affection z, mechanic z move <laughs> z move yeah it's your dancing uh but basically my thinking is that I don't want to spend a bunch of time figuring out how to make 750-some monsters. Mm-hmm. I want to roll on a table or hit a button on the computer and have it essentially just give me a Pokemon and okay. give me the moves that are available to it. Okay, that's interesting. I like that. And that definitely leaves room for... That is a detailed framework for how to generate a Powered by the Apocalypse-ish inspired uh, Pokemon randomly, but that definitely leaves the room leaves room for if you wanted if I wanted to say no, I just want to play with Squirtle. He's oh, a yeah. tiny tur- water turtle, and then here are his four moves. I'm just I'm not going to roll. I'm just going to tell you what they are. Exactly, and then I can go forward with that. Yeah, these are tables that are also indexes. And then pretty easily someone could say, what are the four moves? Boom, they've created the thing. Okay. And maybe give it stats also. Uh, You know that I like doing PBTA without stats, but stats are maybe a good plan for this. Um, And yeah, that sounds like the kind of thing that 
you could tailor that to whatever type of Pokemon game you were looking to play. Again, Absolutely. if you're the kind of Pokemon player who likes to deal with IVs and EVs and um, or whatever the heck <laughs> all the different complicated stats in Pokemon are, uh, then you could throw that crunch in, and if not, we don't have to. That's actually something that I think it might not work super well, that if mm-hmm. you do go really in-depth, the difference between a 31 IV and a 28 IV is not something that you can show in a system yeah. that essentially ranges out at negative three or plus three. Yeah. Anything so, more than that, and you're there's no point in rolling. In this system, do you see yourself really having much of a trainer character? Like, are you? Do you have moves or characteristics that are specific to the trainer? My thinking was mostly not, but mm-hmm. I can understand how someone would want that. I think that we'd be talking Pasión de las Pasiones-style little sheets that give you a move, two moves, maybe. Mm -hmm. And then, other than that, you'd have, you know, maybe six pieces of paper. Although, realistically, in most of the games, and in actually a lot of the show, most people don't have a lot of Pokémon. Yeah, they have one or two. It might be worthwhile to just limit it to one or two, just to keep the flow of the game going. So I hadn't really considered Powered by the Apocalypse as a way to play Pokemon until pretty recent, until like maybe as of the moment we started recording. I also think it's um, super not a Powered by the Apocalypse game. I think it just takes the idea of moves yeah. and takes the resolution system, and other than that is an entirely different thing. Yeah, that's fair. I was actually thinking about how you could do it as a more traditional uh, Powered by the Apocalypse game. Okay. And, and I think that they're... I think the way that you just described is very legitimate and it it reflects a lot of the ways that like later when i talk about fate yeah that i'm gonna do um but i think there's another way for because we were talking about earlier about like what kind of a game do you want to play right and then tailoring how you hack a game to fit that and so if what you're interested in is more telling a sort of adventure story where the pokemon that the train like the trainer is the interesting part if that's what you're interested in yes and like if if you're trying to tell a very video game inspired story then yes your system of having pokemon and then having battles and stuff like that all works really well um if you are more interested in telling a an like a tv inspired uh, a pokemon television show inspired adventure story then I think there's a way that you could uh, you could take a Power by the Apocalypse system and your playbooks would end up being things like, are you a youngster? Are you a a beauty? Or what kind of train like which are of the different Are you a Pokemon breeder? Are you a Pokemon? <clears throat> yeah. Which which of the different types of trainers are you? And that would give you maybe a move or two. Are you the kind of Pokemon trainer that whips their Pokemon? Do you love them? Do Aww. you dress them up? Like I mean, those are all characters that show up in the show. And yeah, like how hard do you pressure Pokemon and so stuff like that. Sad. And and then the moves that your character has would be less associated with your playbook. And okay. they and you'd have like four or five moves that were representative of things that you and your Pokemon can do together. Okay. So you would have a move that was like Pikachu's Thundershock. And that move would let you do certain things. 
like shock people or electrify water or whatever and because the actual stats of the pokemon in that case aren't interesting it's how does ash or you as a trainer or do you as a trainer approach an issue and solve a problem as a team and what is the move that you do to get out of trouble okay i can see that and so in that sense like so pikachu is a terrible example <laughs> but like um like uh i'm trying to think of a good example it, like pidgey is not really so much a character that that is there in the show as much as he as much as that pokemon represents a facet of ash's character and how he approaches and solves problems sometimes okay and so if you treat it that way then i think you could do that. I mean, honestly, what I was focusing in on was the idea of the table-based build-out of yeah. the Pokemon. That was way more I, important to me. Yeah, I do really like that. Else. I do really like that. I might um, still do that. I feel like that has legs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because again, I think there are. I think that is one of the things that is the most interesting and inspiring um, about the Pokemon genre is that there are so many things there. It's 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 basically I mean it's it is basically fantasy. Yeah. And and in the same way that we have super crunchy fantasy games, you can have super crunchy Pokemon games, but you can also have story-based fantasy games and story-based Pokemon games and it, there's kind of something in it for everyone. To be honest, I actually really considered making this a making these tables essentially a single role dice die size table mm -hmm. that you have one move that is a d8 you have one move that is a d6 you have one move that's a d10 and one that's a d4 yeah and so you've got your your fire move it's real good it's yeah. flame charge and essentially mm -hmm. use it almost as aspects or more accurately than using them as aspects using them as items in a dogs in the vineyard style yeah yeah, yeah. gameplay Dogs in the Vineyard by uh, Vincent Baker. Yeah, yeah. So, I actually think that translates. I think I think unless you have anything else to well, say. Well, I just brought aspects up. So yeah, I, think I was going to say. I think it's James unless you time. have if you unless you have anything to say further about Apocalypse World and Pokemon, then I think it's time for me to rant about fate. Rant on, my friend. And so so. So like I said, uh, people have been talking about this on the Fate subreddit a lot. And and I've been thinking about it a lot. And really, I think that the way you play F Pokemon in Fate breaks down into one of two sort of broad categories. Okay. And that is... Um, and, and actually, I think that they are basically the two categories we already laid out just now. Um, in, <laughs> in that, do you want to have a very crunchy experience? Do you want to have... Um, do you want to have... So, okay, let me back up. Um, what kind of a story are you telling? What's the most interesting part of Pokemon to you? Is, what's mo is, what, is the thing that is the most interesting the adventure story of a, of a kid and their friends going through the world with these Pokemon and these fantastic monsters that become their friends but protect them in battle? Or is what is most interesting to you the, the, the combat system, the monsters, the way they fight each other, and sort of that like that aspect of Pokemon. 
if you will excuse my pun. <laughs> <laughs> I will um, not. And so, again, much the same way that I would do, like I just explained, doing Pokemon in Powered by the Apocalypse as moves and having the Pokemon be facets of the character, mm-hmm. I would do something very similar with Fate. I think if I was going to run a Fate game for Pokemon, that this would be the way that I would do it. Okay. Which is that you would have your character sheet and uh, you would have maybe your you would have your high concept and your trouble the things that are about you as a trainer and your high you concept is mi- i like shorts they're comfy and easy to wear yep and my and my trouble is i will fight you and <laughs> and and then you have a bunch of maybe you have one or two aspects about your childhood and like what was the something about the first time you got a pokemon or something like that um and then you have whatever we, whatever we decide the number of pokemon you have and it could change between people and you would have aspects that were those pokemon and so then you would be able to say i in in game you would be able to say i am able to traverse this 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 river because i have because one of my aspects is lapras so i here's a fate point i summon my lapras and he has no problem carrying me across or you just say it, and you don't have to spend a fade point, depending on how your jam plays. That's um, interesting, because that also allows some giving of personality to the Pokemon. Mm-hmm. So you could have something like, uh, my grumpy Charizard. Yeah, exactly. Or my talking Meowth. Or my talking Meowth. And, my ever-present and so, Wobbuffet. And I think that the way... To, and, and the thing I like about that is it lets... It sort of hits a nice middle ground, where you can say... If what is the most interesting thing about you as a trainer is that you have a ton of water Pokemon, right? Well, then of your five aspects, you could make four of them Pokemon, right? But if you are playing Brock and his thing is he has like one Pokemon <laughs> and then he has a bunch of character traits, you can still participate in the world and you have just have aspects that have nothing to do with. Uh, your Pokemon. You just have your um, what's his Pokemon? Onyx. Rock shrimp. <laughs> it's an onyx. It's a rock it's a... snake, and he yeah. also has a Geodude, and he also so he has, has a Vulpix. Whatever. So he has like he has his one iconic. He has his one and only iconic. G- um, onyx. Onyx. And then his other aspects are like he always just repeats the thing that that Ash said. And or whatever he always states the obvious like that's those are things that are true about in about love with every rock yeah and and those are the things that are more interesting to his character and so you can have characters who have tons of Pokemon and characters who have no Pokemon and they can interact without having too much of a problem that's interesting what would you think of an aspect like has one of every Pokemon or like Pokemon yeah. collector I think that Pokemon Collector is a good one. Yeah. I think one of every Pokemon is obviously overpowered. One of every Pokemon is 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 a problem because you could say you have one of every Pokemon and I mean like it if, means that was, the same I, thing, but it yeah. different. I think well, one of one of every Pokemon says to you that says that the thing that is important about your character is they have every Pokemon. Right. Pokemon Collector says the thing that is important about your character is that they are collecting Pokemon. Which makes it more action-oriented. Yeah. You might have only two Pokemon, 
but you are in your it gives you a verb you're moving forward to collect pokemon okay okay That's why i think I can it's see that but if but but the flip side if you're playing a professor character right then having a, a character like you have an aspect that says you have a pokedex and or a full pokedex and you have one of every pokemon like that would be an interesting way and then you would just always whenever you whenever you needed something or need to solve a problem you'd be able to say here i have one of every pokemon which pokemon is the one that's interesting right now and then I would pro- if I was GMing that game, I would have to. I would probably ask you to spend a fate point to say to tap that and say which po- did you have that Pokemon with you? Do you have to go get it? What, how does that happen? Okay. Do you, how do you carrying all these Pokemon? Do you have to like go back? Yes, you might have one that solves every problem, but you can't carry them all on you. So like, how do you solve that problem? And I find am- interesting stories there. I immediately made that into a move in my head that I was like. Mm-hmm. 10 plus, you have it. It's available. 7 yeah. to 9, choose. It's yeah. grumpy I mean, that's, that's... and doesn't like you, or it's not available right now. And so, here's the thing that I love about Fate. That, by itself, I think is a good system. Yeah, I, and, I have and to it, say, I don't it, hate and, that. I like that. And it tell it lets you tell an adventure story. Because, like, if you were watching, and I think this is something that I try to, because, again, when I am, when I'm sitting down to play, to design a Pokemon game, uh, I'm thinking about the show a lot more than I am the games, honestly, because the show tells a story, it has narrative, it still has all the combat and stuff, but it, it's, it, the, the combat is inspired by the narrative, and I think right, that's an yeah. interesting way to tell the story, and I think it better fits what you would play because i mean you could sit down you could play a pokemon game where you and your friends are walking around and the and the gm is constantly rolling to see if like you're in tall grass and like is a pidgey gonna show up and i think gonna call us? i think that's pokemon tabletop yeah which is fine and yeah. i think that that's just not necessarily the way that i'm interested because it's not the way i played D D. because you yeah. could do that in D and i oh, just yeah. don't random go in for that tables. random encounter thing yeah. um and i will say with what i was trying to do also the moves would be based primarily upon creating a narrative focus yeah so it would be a lot of things like flame wall which i think in your game would be more like i create an aspect on this place it is yeah. called flame wall and so so, so there's an obvious problem which is that i which which will be the continuing problem that i have with fate which is i don't know what to do with their skills with the skills i Take just ignore them in most of the time um i like aspects i like the way the fate economy works um i do really like uh the the idea that you have you have these skills and that there are like four primary things you do with them either creating more aspects attacking defending or overcoming a uh a, a complication okay and and so i like that idea and so i've played around with say you wanted to be a little bit more complicated than just i have a pikachu and that's my aspect so i have a pikachu right. and it can do whatever pikachu does um you could create a, a separate character sheet for pikachu and you would give Pikachu something like two aspects um, or whatever. You'd give him a couple aspects, like give him the aspect of he's a mouse Pokemon and give him an aspect of he's an electric type. And so you'd have a type, like you'd have an aspect for every type, and then you'd have four moves. And those four moves would functionally be Pikachu's skills. Okay. 
And that's how you would represent that sometimes Pikachu uses his electric shock to fight. Sometimes he uses it as a defense move. Sometimes he uses it to launch himself into the air to fly over a wall. Sometimes he uses it to shock a river to energize a water mill. That sounds like a legitimate plot. Um, And and so... And like so, those different ways that skills work can can mirror the ways that Pokemon use their different uh, abilities okay. to do things in the world. And so, I actually think that, and this comes back to like what I love about Fate, which is that both of the things that I've just explained can work in the same system. And so, that's sort of it's it's based off of this like Fate fractal. That where one of the sort of key tenets of fate is that you can kind of rack focus uh, in and, and out depending on what is the most interesting at the time. And so if you're just sort of doing the day-to-day episode of Pokemon where Ash and his friends are bopping around the Pokemon universe and doing stuff, then you do what I explained first. You just have an aspect for each of your Pokemon. And that's like the core of your character sheet. But then you're you finally get to the gym, you've you've done all the social stuff with his trainers, and now it's time for the big final battle. It's time to battle, Pikachu. Yeah. Now you bust out the the character sheet with all the skills for each Pokemon. And then you battle them like they're like the the main character in a regular adventure game. And the the arenas so th- this is me trying to see if I know Fate well enough. Mm-hmm. The arenas would have aspects, theoretically. Yes. Like, arena full of water. Yeah. Which maybe the water trainer would be able to take full advantage of. Yeah. They would be able to say... They'd be able to get an I... invoke on that pretty easily. Yeah. Say they have a grass-type or whatever, and you're attacking them with your fire-type Pokemon, and they're trying to defend... And they're going to say, I'm going to try to dodge out of the way. And I get a little bit of a bonus because I still have this free invoke on the the setting aspect of it's a water arena. Yeah, I think any, and that's going to dampen down your fire. I think type. any gym trainer should have a free invoke on that. Um, and then you can spend your your fate points to say, again, like I my f- like whatever flipping about as a Magikarp because so the, and, and then Carp. Uh, I should say, at this point, you're basically, you are playing like you are the Pokemon at this point. Right. Which I think is a thing we didn't, uh, we haven't talked about since really the beginning. Uh, it's because Ch- Chubo's ma- marvelous wish-granted engine is pretty much the perfect thing to do it with. Yeah. And so, so you would then be basically playing with that. And you, and then as, as is necessary for combat, you are racking focus in and out of now I'm the Pokemon trainer. Now I'm the Pokemon. We're doing things. We're having. We're taking actions. We're sort of battling around. And if need be, you can play your team of Pokemon. You can play whatever. That, um, you yeah. may have convinced me on this, James. I, I might actually leave this episode saying fate is the way to do this. If I had made a, I wish I had made a guess about this before, but I think if there is a, a singular way that I could get you to play Fate, I think it is to play Pokemon. And that is because it uses the parts of Fate that are the most, the, the least likely the things that you dislike. I, I think I actually know where you're going on this. That the things that I like about Fate are creating aspects. Mm-hmm. And the things that I don't like about Fate 
is setting up a bunch of different aspects in order to win yeah. a fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think the majority of the time, if you're talking a cleric, a warrior, and a thief, I don't care about that. Yeah. But legitimately, for Pokemon, that really checks out. Like, yeah, that really the other works. Problem, the other problem with that, a, a problem that I will admit Fate has, is that when you are in a game and you're sort of creating aspects on the fly, it's very easy to get more aspects than you can possibly deal with. Right. But if you're really limiting yourself to saying, I have just this many aspects and really that's it, or I have this Pokemon and he has four aspects and they're set beforehand, right. and the setting has an aspect, and we're not really concerning ourselves with creating aspects in the game, other than maybe I'm... Yeah, you might... Because there is that one skill move move one skill action of create an asp create an advantage but that that move could be more like i'm an electric type and you are a water type so i'm going to use my water or my my lightning attack to sort of stun you well i'm thinking just in terms of some of this in the setting things like now i'm really gonna now in case anyone didn't believe that i'm the pokemon professor thinking back to Ash's fight against Brock in the very first Pokemon TV show, he set off the sprinkler system in order to attack the Onyx, which he would not be able to yeah. hit otherwise. That's setting up an advantage in a way yeah. that really makes sense to me. Because that's what I hate about Fate, is that you say, oh, I'm setting up an advantage, I shoot him. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't make sense to me. I can't grok that, I can't get my mind around it. Yeah, I can this see is that. making and an advantage. I can see why that's that's definitely a struggle. I think the thing that that jives with between Fate and Pokemon so well is that Pokemon basically has an aspect system built into it already. Oh yeah, because that's basically what the type system is. Definitely. And so just rolling hard into that uh it really works for me. So and, and again, personally, that the idea that Fate is designed for you to sort of focus in and then pull back and focus on characters and then focus in on tiny little things that feels very much like the throwing a pokeball and then i i focus in and i am that pokemon for a little while this is and where i, I turn my hat back around out, and i throw the pokeball yeah and... yeah and I, and I think that that again it's it's an instance where pokemon as a genre very much mirrors what is already in the mechanical systems for fate it's kind of funny. It has genre bacon, which is weird. Because <laughs> typically, this... I don't talk about Fate as being a game that has a lot of genre built into it. But like, maybe the genre that is built into Fate is Pokemon. This is of the... all things. This is the only system I've ever heard of. Oh, you know what? There's one other actually. This is one of only two things that I've heard of that I think really hit where the mechanics really back up the genre that's being spoken about and the other is rockalypse okay that yeah yeah, yeah things yeah. where you're creating an advantage in order to have one mm -hmm. single moment of ridiculous over-the-top victory yeah and also because genres are aspects so like genres of music yeah absolutely and again i think it's an instance where playing into playing into you sort of in most cases are creating aspects and forcing them on a system. But when you come to it with a story that already has aspects built into it, like a story about music or a story about Pokemon, or I wish there was a good third example. 
uh, that I could think of right now. Um, I don't think there is. These are the only that it, two that it systems. Feels, it, it already feels natural because you're already doing that whether or not you're thinking about it or not. Because like something like musical genres or Pokemon types are basically already already fate aspects, then you're coming, you're approaching that genre of story with a system that is already saying, yep, this is already how I do stuff, so it fits really well. Whereas, like, I think personally, the fate aspects describe this describing the world as aspects is a way that jives with the way I think about everything, and so that hits that works right. for me. But it, clearly, it's it's a miss for you, so that's that's fine. But I think that I think Pokemon and maybe Rockalypse hit a special like uh, unique place where they are a system that or they are a story that just sort of uniquely jives with fate which is weird it is super weird but yeah i play that we should play this sometime yeah i mean that's one of the things that i love about i don't know if i need to say this man james i would maybe even run this <laughs> yeah it's one of the things one of the things that i like about fate is that it encourages you so it is the weakness and and the strength of fate that it is is sort of typically less genre baked in but one of the things right, that the i do like about it, is are that it has less genre bacon that it lets you uh do that rack focus and say right now i don't need to be as crunchy so let's not worry about the skills let's just, just do some broad aspect strokes here's some fate points etc etc and then it lets you say on the fly no you know for this thing we need to be a little crunchier. So let's come up with a system right now for it. Rack focus in, get really crunchy. But then when we're done with that, we can just rack back and we don't need that anymore. And you can sort of, because it gives you a framework for creating things, you can say, I need to have a unique system to do this thing right now. And and then do it. And then you can remove it and move on and never come back to that thing ever again. Um, and it won't feel weird. Which maybe is getting into my sort of love song for fate that we don't need in this episode because <laughs> it isn't that Pokemon specific, but it's just a, it's it's what I like about fate, and I think it works. I think it particularly shines well with Pokemon. All right, I think we have covered Pokemon as well as we're going to. If you have played a Pokemon game or you've hacked a game to make it fit with Pokemon, uh, then uh, let us know. I know someone who. Uh, turned the summoner a class from D and D into a Pokemon oh, thing, cool. but but no, that it doesn't work. Oh, <laughs> it really <okay>. doesn't. <laughs> like you, you think it's going to, but it doesn't. Everyone plays a druid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think it. I don't think that works. Oh, uh, it would be really weird, but interesting to play like a dark, gritty Pokemon where everyone is playing like a um, like a white wolf style werewolf. But what you can turn into is a Pokemon, and you like you choose the one or two Pokemon that you can turn into, and and then everyone is just gritty and angsty, and there's all these different Pokemon. Like there's the the Electric Gang, and I thought that the Pachinko Machine idea was the stupidest <laughs> one we were ever gonna have. I may have come up with something worse. You may have come up with something worse. <coughs> Pokemon the catching them alling, and yeah, Pokemon the all of them catching yeah yeah <laughs> don't do that please although if you do let us know especially if you larp it yeah 
because we didn't really talk about anything that wasn't i mean this is like playing into our our, our type but uh like i talked about fate and you talked about apocalypse world we didn't really explore uh how you would do a d20 style pokemon game and well, I think a D20 Pokemon style game, you would make some stats. Yeah, I, I think the problem with that is that it kind of just, it explains itself. Yeah, like, I, I don't think, I think it, you could create, you know what I think could maybe work, but it would be an enormous amount of legwork, is 4th edition D&D. Mm, yeah. Because then you're looking at a real deep tactical game, and if what you're looking for is a real deep tactical game where you have, you know six Pokemon in the field at the same time, then that could be brilliant. But I'm certainly not going to write up all of those stat blocks. Yeah, so... Uh, let us know if you come up with anything else. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, oh, wait, one last question that I think is really important. James, what is your favorite Pokemon? Ooh, that's a good question. Um... I'll give you two if you need to. Okay. Um... I like Slowpoke. Okay. A lot. Um, and I like... This is my problem. <laughs> this is getting into a larger problem. I like Slowpoke, and I like Squirtle. But okay. if you ask me which types, like, which, if I was going to be a Pokemon trainer, which types would I pick? You wouldn't choose water. I wouldn't choose any of those. I like okay. dragon type. <laughs> Broadly, I like dragon Pokemon, but I can't even think of one that would be my that is my favorite. Like I've, Dragonite I've is pretty similar, cool. I've got a similar thing actually. That my favorite my favorite is either Cubone or Whimsicott, uh, which are both just adorable. And Cubone mm -hmm. is the most sad, and that's why yeah. I love it. But I, if I was going to be a type, it would be Fire type. Yeah, I caught a Slowpoke early in playing Moon, and I basically benched my starter. <laughs> And I've been playing Slowpoke as though he were my starter. I have a, a uh, Cottony that I'm happily training up. Uh, but I'm keeping my starter because I'm not, like, a savage. Hmm. Okay. Uh, so, if you did play a Pokemon game, or if you just want to talk to us about Pokemon, or if you want to talk to us about other games, uh, hit us up. We are on Twitter all of the time. We are at Stop Hack and Roll. I personally have my own just regular chatter Twitter at Dr. Captain Cobalt. And I'm at End the Meltdowns. We also have a website at http colon slash slash www.stophackandroll.com. You can also find us on Facebook. We are facebook.com slash stophackandroll. And we are also on G plus at stophackandroll. Or actually, I guess, plus Stop, Hack, and Roll. And I personally am on G+. Brandon, Leon, Gambetta. And... Um, I, it's a thing I've started asking recently, which is that if you could go to iTunes and rate us out of five stars and give us a review. Uh, I like to read those every once in a while. And it definitely helps, us f uh, helps other people find us. Uh, we recently found out that what, what was the podcast that we were one of their listeners of this podcast also listened to some, to stop back and roll. Oh, it was, uh, all my fantasy children, which nice. is, uh, created by Jeff and Aaron, a great show where they create a fantasy character. It's yeah. adorable and yeah. delightful. So that's the kind of thing that if you rate our show and you down and you like you write reviews and stuff like that, we appreciate it, but it also helps other people find the show. And, um, and I just I like to I like to know what you think. I want to know how to do this better.
I think we do a pretty good job, though. <laughs> yeah, let us know if we're not doing a good job also. But ideally, in a message, not a review, because that way we keep our star rating up and we can be better for you. Yeah. And um, I guess when this show gets released, it will be the first of the month on Thursday. So we'll have passed the date, but um, we'll, we'll have passed the 30th, which was the end date for entries for Dan Enders' uh, Games Giving project. But you should definitely follow that guy on Twitter because he's super cool. And you should follow the, the Games Giving project uh, I'm a big fan of what Dan is trying to do, and I know I'm going to release a game. I'm going to add a game to that, and a couple other game designers that we interact with a lot are publishing things with through that, and it's all going to the good cause of raising money for the ACLU. And so I don't know when. I think he said sometime early January was when he was going to finish that collection and publish it. Uh, but I will again put a link to the, that in the show notes, and when, I'll, I'm sure I'll talk about it when it gets released. So while you're riding your bike down Route 6 toward Vermilion City, don't forget to stop, hack, and roll.